I've been at Monty now for about 24 years and I was wondering how I should refer myself uh, to myself this morning. You see, because I, I was thinking I, I'm an old Roman Catholic boy or should it be I'm a former Roman Catholic boy and then I realised that I'm actually an old former Roman Catholic boy. <laughs> who went through uh, all the Roman Catholic Church ordinances as a young fellow. Mum was very religious, made sure that I was sent along to the local parish. Many of you have heard my testimony already, and maybe some of you haven't, but that's, that's a little bit uh, of background. And it's interesting, isn't it? Is, it? is it the providence of God that I'm here speaking to you this morning, or is it good list management? by this, uh, this man, Josh, over here. Who knows? But it, Mary's a very interesting character in the Bible. Very interesting. And when you talk about the Virgin Mary, there are two extreme views about that. Two extreme views. There doesn't seem to be a middle ground when it comes to the Virgin Mary. The first extreme is that Mary that we read about uh, in Luke here, is, is, is magnified to the point of almost being worshipped. So much so that, that the Lord Jesus takes second place to Mary. Now that's not right. You know that, don't you? I hope you do. And the other extreme is that she's practically ignored, except that on the uh, that, that date that you mentioned, the 25th of December, when the Christmas story is, uh, is, is read and thought about. And sometimes uh, she's not even mentioned by name. Now, the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, is probably the most guilty of that first extreme. Now, I'm not having a go at anybody. I'm just giving you some facts here, okay? Like I said, I've been, I've been to this church, I'm a member of that church, and I'm a member of the other group, the other extreme group as well. So I'm hopefully I'll be even-handed here, okay? See, sometimes you, you hear about the Virgin Mary and, and, and some of the information that you get isn't quite right. In other words, it's not biblical. We don't read about it in the Bible. Like, some, some people claim that Mary herself was immaculately conceived. In other words, she was born exactly like the Lord Jesus was born. No human father. Where in fact, she was born like you and me. Just an ordinary human birth. And then, and then there's a teaching that, that Mary is, was a perpetual virgin, like she was always a virgin. How could that be? The Lord had brothers and sisters. We read, we read of, of the Lord having, having four brothers at least in Matthew chapter 13. And we know that two of them, James and Jude, wrote books of the Bible. Now that's not right either, is it? She's claimed to be sinless, that she can forgive sins. Well, I don't know about you, but I've been taught very well from the scriptures that nobody 
can forgive sins. In fact, even, even the Pharisees knew that, didn't they? No one can forgive sins except for God. And then there's the, the, the mediation and prayers to Mary. Now, I've got, I've got a couple of little images here. That, that's, that's the vision, isn't it, that you often see when it's depicted in, in, in uh, relics and, and, and art, uh, religious art uh, paintings and so forth. And you can see that the main figure there is, is the Virgin Mary. Now, part of my, my upbringing, I lived a long, long time in Coburg, 18 years. Strong Italian and Greek immigrant area. This was back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s. And uh, you would see that in people's front yards. That's a, that's a shrine or a grotto, it's often known as. And I, I would go and play football at Pasco Vale and I'd have to walk because, you know, mum wouldn't bother giving me the money for the bus. I had to walk. And I'd walk through different streets and that, and you'd be surprised how many of that, that type of shrine you'd find walking from Coburg to Pasco Vale. Very strong Catholic parishes in that area. And, and being Italian, not, not happening. Next one. Can we get the, Oh, gone back, back one. Thank you. Being Italian, by default, you're Roman Catholic. Doesn't matter what you believe, you're a Roman Catholic. And uh, being Italian and uh, Roman Catholic, you have a lot of Italian Roman Catholic friends. Every house that I went to as a young boy, there was a statue of Mary, or. On, on, on the wall, there was a, what, what's referred to as a relief, you know, a little, little statuette or little, um, image of, of the Virgin Mary. Every house. In fact, three weeks ago, no, four weeks ago, I was working in a house in Mill Park. And the lady wasn't Italian, but she was Roman Catholic, and she had a picture, a, a thing on the wall of the Virgin Mary. And that's what happens. With, uh, with some people, they, they, they go to an extreme. That's one extreme. The other extreme is the Protestant church's view of Mary. The general view. Now when I was saved, you know that, I was, I went to a, a brethren church, a church like this one in East Coburg, a little bit more conservative than this church. About 80% of the congregation was either Irish or Scottish. And not not second or third generations off the boat practically. Now you now some of you giggled because you know their attitude or their their, their view of, of the Roman Catholic Church and particularly Mary. And in that church Mary was hardly mentioned other than maybe Christmas week. And then with huge qualification, like Mary, but she was ordinary, you know, she wasn't special, and you don't pray, you know, you've got a sermon on Mary. Two extremes. 
One, one group, one group of Christendom makes Mary super special to the extreme, while the other group minimises her. Who's right? Which one's right? Is Mary special? Absolutely. I think she's very special. She was the mother of Jesus. The Lord Jesus. And we read about it, didn't we? The angel said that, that Mary would, 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 would bear a child and he would be great. Her son would be great. And it said there too that he, that he would be born and would be called the son of God. Now, I, I select that little hymn or song beforehand because I've often, and you know this, you know I've got a weird imagination, I've often thought about Mary raising the Lord Jesus. You know, at one stage she was just like Ivy, a few days, a few weeks old. And then, and then, you know, a year or two later, little, like, like little Max, my grandson, you know, running around, getting up to mischief, doing the wrong thing, falling on his face. And then he grew up a little bit more and became like, like Liam. Huh? Can you picture the Lord Jesus like Liam? And, this, and Mary was, was the mother all the way along. Now we don't read much about the Lord Jesus as a child, as a youth. A couple of little glimpses in the Bible. I have time to go to them. But we don't read much about the home life, what it was like. And, you know, at some stage, the Lord Jesus was a teenager, Elizabeth. He was a teenager. Uh, We believe that he was truly human. Do we not? We do. He was a teenager, like these people over here. Yeah. And Mary, Mary had to, she was the mother, had to cope with all the things that you mums and dads have had to cope with. But see, you ordinary, us ordinary parents didn't have an angel coming and telling us what a unique child I had the responsibility of rearing and guarding. And, and, and seeing them into adulthood. Cause that's what, that's what it's all about when you talk about Mary. Not just about statues and things. And I'm not here this morning to, to give you a, uh, a sermon on doctrinal errors about Mary and, and the various denom- what the various denominations have. No, I'm not, that's not my task here this morning. My task here is to find out why Mary is special. Because she is. But from the Bible, from the scriptures, we're going to put aside all the prejudice, all the traditions, all the things that, uh, you know, churches and denominations have added on and tacked on and fantasized, I think, sometimes. We're going to see what the scripture says. See, Mary was a young woman. In fact, I think to use the term woman is, is using that word loosely. Because you see, 
back in the Middle East 2,000 plus years ago, if you were a 12-year-old girl, that's younger than you, isn't it, Sioina? Younger than you. Your dad and mum would arrange for you to get married. So between the ages of 12 and 16, it was the common practice for marriages to be arranged by the parents. And, and, and Sandra, you'd be an old maid <laughs> in those days. You would. Sa- Sandra's, you know, how, 18? Nearly 18? You'd be, you know, your dad would have had you married and off and by, that's what it was like. So to say that Mary was a young woman would be really incorrect. She was a teenager. And some of the theologians and commentators think that she was about 12, a bit young to be conceiving. But most of the, the general consensus among the theologians, she was somewhere between uh, 14 and 15 years of age. That's who we read about this morning. That's who the angel appeared to. Maybe at the, at the very best, a 15-year-old girl. And what did he say? What did the angel, Gabriel the angel, say to her? Blow your mind, wouldn't it? But have a look at her response. The Bible tells us very clearly that she was a virgin. It's not just Mary stating, oh, I'm a virgin. Because in Matthew, chapter 1 in Matthew, the, the angel, I mean, you know, Joseph was very concerned about the fact that Mary was pregnant. Because that shouldn't have happened. Because that, when, you, when you're you know, a spouse, that, that's almost being married. And, and for Mary to have been found pregnant would have necessitated her to have committed fornication. Yes? This is what Joseph was thinking. And he was very troubled, it tells us in Matthew. So much so that he was thinking this marriage can't go on. It's going to have to be dealt with and the angel came to Joseph in a dream and said don't worry about it Joseph she is a virgin what's happened to her is a thing of God so it's not just Mary's statement but the angel testified that Mary was a virgin because that's important brothers and sisters it's important that the saviour of the world came through the birth of a virgin woman. Very important. We read this morning that she was chosen by God or favoured by God. That means, you know, it's, it's, it's like the word grace. So she's very special. Imagine, imagine, and you have to, you have to imagine it because, you know, there's, there's no documented evidence, but... The throne room of heaven, as it's often referred to, thinking about which female is the Lord Jesus going to be born through? Which young woman? Now, it doesn't matter how you look at it. Whoever God chose was going to be special had to be special. Imagine that. 
Imagine the privilege of being that person. That's what makes her special, that she was favoured by God. Not that she lived a certain way, but she was chosen by God to do God's plan, to do God's will. And there's something really interesting about Mary as well. She was the only person present at his birth, obviously, and his death set. The only person. And that's to fulfil a prophecy, which again, I don't have time to go, to go into. But it's part of the prophecy. So you can see that she was special. And she wasn't special because she's mentioned a lot throughout the whole Bible, because we don't hear of Mary again after Acts 1. The mother of Jesus. The Virgin Mary, the Blessed Mary. You never hear of her again after Acts 1. And the apostles never gave Mary a prominent role in the early church. The mother of Jesus Christ. She had no role at all that we, that we, that we can, that we have a record of in the early church. But she was special. Absolutely special. You see, the Bible never says that Mary was anyone other than an ordinary, an ordinary human, an ordinary person whom God used in an extraordinary way. And that's the message this morning. That's the message this morning. God uses ordinary people every day. To do his, his will. And sometimes the work that the, or the, 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 the task that the Lord has for that person is extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. You think of someone like Billy Graham, Martin Luther, all these people that we, 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 we put on a pedestal. Just ordinary folk like you and me. But God used them in an extraordinary way. The best servants are ordinary people. The best servants are just ordinary people. I love the way in verse 38 that that Mary here, how old was Mary here? Maybe 15 at best. She says, she says, I am the Lord's servant. And that little word servant there is another word for slave. She says, "I, I totally belong to you. To do your will. And Mary said, listen, this is from a 15 year old. Mary says, may it be to me as you have said. Oh, if we all had that attitude, brothers and sisters, what a powerful church this would be at Montmorency. If we actually did what the Lord asked us to do with the attitude and heart that Mary had. I'm not getting the next one, um, number two. Thank you. The next thing about Mary that I love is that her her availability to God. Okay, I'm going to give you a little quick scenario here again. Young woman, about to be married, thinking about setting up a home, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
And here the angel comes and says, here's what God wants you to do. Now, what what was her response? Her response was, I'm available. I will do it. She didn't say, I'm too young. I'm only 15. Didn't say that. I'm getting engaged. I'm engaged. I'm going to get married next week. She didn't say that either. I mean, weddings are big plans, yes? It's a, it's a big, it's a big event in your life. Never entered, never entered her mind. She didn't say it's too hard. Uh, she probably didn't have time to reflect about being the mother of the, of the Messiah the mother of the Son of God, she probably didn't have time to reflect, but if she had had time, she probably would have thought, oh, this is too hard. It's going to be too hard for me to do this. And just think about it. It's probably not as not as important today, unfortunately. But she wasn't married. She was going to become pregnant. Unmarried in a society that would stone to death people like that. Think about that. She didn't say anything about that. She didn't say, it's it's going to cost me far too much to do this. The third one, she believed God. Now, last week, Josh introduced us to Zechariah, the priest. Remember Zechariah? You know, he he couldn't speak for ages because why? He wouldn't believe the angel. He didn't believe the angel that he was going to that Elizabeth was going to get pregnant and 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 give birth to John the Baptist. She didn't. He didn't believe them. It actually says that here in verse eighteen. Because you do not believe my words, uh, which will come true at their proper time, he 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 was made mute. But Mary's not like that, is she? She's, she's thinking about this plan and believes that God will do this. And she says, how's this going to happen? I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? You know, she didn't understand how God was going to do this thing through her, but she believed God would. You know, the virgin birth is still today, no matter how good a speaker you are, or how brilliant a theologian you are, one of the hardest things to explain, still today. But it wasn't hard for for the for, for Gabriel to explain it. What did he say? Hey, you're Mary. <laughs> Nothing's impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. And he told her about about her, her cousin Elizabeth. Not a cop-out, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it's very hard to explain the workings of God. Very hard. I'm not ashamed to admit that. Nothing is impossible for God. And her fourth, the fourth characteristic that I loved about Mary that we read about is that She's humble. She's, she, she's absolutely humble about her position. You know, if Mary could come and speak to us today, she would be aghast at, at the position, the elevated position that she's been given. She would. She'd say, no, no, no. What are you doing? It's Jesus. It's my son that you should be 
taking, paying attention to. He's the one. Do you realise, if you read the story, we haven't got time to do that, but please go home and read the story again in here in Luke and in Matthew. Do you remember when the shepherds came to Mary at the stable at Bethlehem? You remember that? And, 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 and they told them what the angels said about this baby. Mary didn't know. Huh? Remember the song? She didn't know. She was amazed at that. And what about when the wise man, can you imagine the wise man rocking up, you know, maybe 18 months later, you know, we say there's three, but however many there were, with, with, with gold, frankincense and myrrh rocking, hello. You don't think about this, do you? You know, because you know, haven't got a weird imagination like I do. And then, and then, you know, a few weeks after the Lord was born, they had to they had to take by by custom their religious uh, requirements to take the baby to be dedicated at the temple. And the thing that Simeon said to Mary that one day this baby would, yeah, absolutely save the world, but also. Pierce a sword would pierce her heart. She had no idea what that meant until Easter, 33 years later. And in all that time, there was no, you know, if Mary was alive today, this, if this was happening today, there would, there would have been Instagram uh, shots and you know, Snapchat and selfie, none of that. We don't read of anything like that about Mary, do we? She was very humble. As special as she was, as privileged and as favoured as she was, and tasked with such a great job to do, looking after the Lord, she was humble. So what's the application for me and you today? So why, am I, why are we talking about this this morning? Be prepared to be God's instrument. What's, what's your excuse for not being an instrument or a vessel of God? What's your, are you, are you, are you, is your excuse that you're, you're too young? Or maybe if you're under 15, possibly. But 15 plus, I, I see here that that's not a barrier. Maybe you think, oh, too old. Too old. That's a good one. I love the way the scripture uses ordinary folk. How old was Moses when God called him? to do the work that God had prepared for him. How old was he? 80. Some of you people haven't even got to 80 yet. God's going to use you still. He's got plans for us still, no matter how old we are. Maybe you think you're inexperienced or overqualified. Well, have a look at this chap down here, Josh. Huh? He's doing a great job. He, he, he heard the call of God and responded you see, just ordinary people. Uh, sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to think, say that you're ordinary. I mean, you're, you're probably special to some people, but really, you're just 14 runs. That's ordinary, mate. Ordinary, okay? Or, or, or have you got other plans? You think, oh, I really don't have time for ministry. I haven't got time for what God wants me to do. Are you preparing? Are you preparing yourself? To be called. Are you trusting God like Mary was trusting to fulfill the promises? Mary, Mary wasn't given the full picture, was she? I, I, I quickly went over that with you, didn't I? 
She wasn't told the whole thing that God had planned for her. She, 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 she went along with God, trusted God that, that He would take care of it and work it out. She, you know, that's how, that's, that's, that's Christian life. He never tells us how it's going to be like. Are you willing, like Mary, to be led by the Holy Spirit? You know, again, we don't have, didn't have time, but you know the story well. Mary, Mary and Joseph were led to Bethlehem. You know? And now there was no room in the inn, but they had to get to Bethlehem because the prophecies said the Saviour would be born in Bethlehem. The Holy Spirit made sure that that prophecy was fulfilled, led Mary and Joseph there. What about when they had to go to Egypt to protect the Lord Jesus from Herod, from the, from the massacre of, of all the uh, two years and, uh, and younger kids, led by the Holy Spirit. We don't see Mary saying, oh, you know, Egypt's not a good place, you know, they didn't, no, they just went. And then, then they were called back, back to Nazareth. Why is that? Because it was all part of God's plan. All, all in prophecy. We, we, we've, we've touched a few of those aspects in, in the book of Isaiah. And she trusted him. The Lord, this trusted God on every occasion. That's how you prepare. That's how you can become a prepared, um, vessel or instrument. Can I get the next one? Thank you. I'm going to finish with this here. Fit and suitable instruments or vessels don't just happen, brothers and sisters. They don't happen. It's not by accident. Next one. It's really not working for me today at all. They are prepared. Prepared by God. And prepared by ourselves. We must be fit vessels in order to do God's work. That's what we learn about Mary. It's a shame that sometimes you get so much teaching or so much information about Mary and, and, and it's not right. But you, you can take this to the bank, brothers and sisters. From scripture we've seen this morning, Mary was special. And we can learn a lot from Mary. And she was chosen by God to do God's will. It was a tough ask for a girl of 15 to do. What's God asking you to do? What's God preparing you to do? I pray that your response to God's leading, calling, whatever it is that you'd like to refer it as, is the same as the Virgin Mary's. Let it be so, as you have said. Wouldn't that be great?